Good morning, members. It is Wednesday, the 21st of September. Welcome to your morning meeting. What happened overnight, Marcus? Yes, morning all. Well, after I was somewhat confused by yesterday's market where Wall Street went up 197 points for all the wrong reasons. Bond yields were rising, the Fed was coming up and the market suddenly decided to go up and we were up 87 points yesterday. Well, it all rather reversed last night. Very nervous session from Wall Street. Dow Jones down 313 points at one point. It was down 550. And our market has interestingly lost exactly the 87 points it put on yesterday. So we've gone nowhere in two days, which is appropriate because volumes are way down in the US as they wait the Fed meeting tonight. S&P down 1.1%, NASDAQ down 1% as well, VIX volatility index up 5%. And I've started in the podcast quoting the S&P 500 high-low ratio, which is something Stuart McPhee put me onto, which is just an idle observation each day of how many new 52-week highs there are versus 52-week lows. It gives you a sort of feel for the market. Obviously, with the market in downtrend, it's telling you something because the number of new highs, 52-week highs in the S&P was 2, and the number of new lows was 66. The ratio for the NASDAQ was 31 highs, 408 new lows. There you go. That is telling you something. European market didn't really do too much, but the European stocks 50 index was down almost 1% at an 11-week low, the sixth straight drop on the trot. And the worst sector was REITs worrying about interest rates. And the reason they're worrying about interest rates is because the Bank of England have a meeting on Thursday and the Bank of Japan. And ahead of that, Sweden set the tone for all the other central banks last night, raising rates a full 100 basis points overnight, which is the most aggressive tightening they've done in 30 years. And the Swedish equity market fell 2% to a two-year low. And the fear is that the US is going to do something similar. I'll get to strategy a bit later and what I think the Fed will do. No joy from the bond market either. 10-year bond yield up another eight basis points. 3.569% mortgage rates in the US going to 6%. They'll be here as well soon. The Australian bond yield as well. Look at the chart in the strategy piece, but that continues to rise. 3.771% at the moment. The two-year bond yield in the US, by the way, is just about to break 4%. Portuguese bond yield up up 16 basis points last night. Let's hope they don't turn into a disaster again. Two of the issues at the moment or in the last week have been profit warnings from Ford and FedEx. FedEx, as you know, fell 21% on the back of a profit warning this week. It's seen as a sign of or representative of inflation and recession at a company level. And overnight, Ford did the same thing, fell 12.3%, knocking 7.3 billion off its market cap after a profits warning, which was particularly interesting because they said they've had a $1 billion cost blowout due to inflation. So you can see companies are going to start using inflation as their excuse for everything. They also had delayed vehicle deliveries. It seems parts shortages are still around. In other words, supply chain issues still remain. Interestingly, Morgan Stanley had some research out saying the S&P is overvalued because earnings forecasts are too high. And that's certainly what Ford and FedEx were suggesting. And General Motors, for instance, dropped 5.6% on the back of that as well. Not much going on in commodities, not much joy 
though, iron ore price down a touch, oil price down a touch, gold price down another $11, BHP and Rio down 2.8% and 3.6% today, Fortescue down 2.7, BHP added 20 points to our index yesterday, it was up 3.5%, so it's lost most of that today. Lithium price didn't change overnight after yesterday's record high, I think it was a record high, very close to anyway. Uh, this morning, iron ore stocks just nosing down. Ironeer had results today. They're down 3.6%. And Pilbara Minerals manages against the trend to go up 1.2%. Well done them. Defensive stocks also doing a little bit better today. I'm sure Leighton will get to that. Some of the other headlines around Russia has installed leaders in four occupied Ukrainian regions, and they are planning referendums in each of those regions to join Russia. Can you believe it? Anyway, these referendums have been denounced by the West, Russia formally annexing swathes of Ukraine. Also, Hertz deploying 175,000 electric vehicles. McDonald's reopened in Kiev. And I like the headline from the journalist, A Taste of Normality. And you'll see some pictures around Tesla's going to unveil the Optimus robot, which I assume is a play on Optimus Prime. Anyway, you can see their sexy robots, I'm sure, anywhere on the internet at the moment. Coming up, of course, Fed meeting tonight, Bank of England tomorrow night, Bank of Japan the night after. We've got a public holiday tomorrow. ASX is shut, but I will do an overnight section for you in the morning because we have such a important Fed meeting tonight. There's a state public holiday on Friday in Australia for the grand final, only in Australia. And that's about that. Back to you. Thank you, Marcus. And Leighton, let's head over to you for the local market and broker report. Thanks, Chichi. So as Marcus said, it's been a pretty ugly start to the session so far. We've pretty much wiped off all of yesterday's gains. We're currently down more than that now. We're down 95 points at our lows. All sectors are in the red, almost doing the complete reverse of what we saw yesterday. Materials and tech are the worst sectors so far this morning. The Alltech index is down 1.8% with block off 3.8%. BHP, Rio and Fortescue Metals are all down as well. Rio is down 3.5% while BHP and Fortescue are both off 2.8% each. The banks are coming off ahead of the Fed meeting tonight. The big four are all down over a percent each. And defensive stocks are doing a bit better but still trading lower. As I said before, we're pretty much back to where we started yesterday. Gold stocks are falling hard. Northern Star Resources is down 3.4% and Evolution Mining is down 5%. And looking at the lithium sector, they're down, but not as much as we normally see on a sell-off day. And as Marcus said, Pilbara Minerals is managing to find some slight gains there. They're currently up 0.7%. There's a few announcements out this morning. Coles has sold its fuel and convenience business to Viva Energy for $300 million. Coles' share price hasn't really moved on the news, but Viva is up around 5.3% now on that news. There's a few results out as well this morning. Check out the newsletter for the details, but we've got Solpats, which is up 3% on their full year results. Ironeer, as Marcus said, down 
down 3.5% on their full year results. And Sezzle has released an August business update with underlying merchant sales up 1.1% month on month. They're down 5.1% on that news. On the calendar, we've got the RBA speech from Bullock today and, of course, that Fed meeting tonight. And that was about all there was of importance on the calendar today. As for the brokers, there's an interesting piece out from Macquarie and UBS on Pilbara Minerals following the battery material exchange auction that they had. And there was a record benchmark equivalent price set of US $7,708 per dry metric tonne, which reflected a 10% increase to its last sale. So Macquarie has an outperform recommendation there with a target price of $5.60, which implies a 15% upside. But UBS has kept its recent long-term spodumene price forecasts and has retained its sell recommendation for Pilbara with a target price of $2.60, implying a 47% downside. And UBS says that it prefers IGO, all chem and mineral resources in the lithium space. Thank you for that, Leighton. And Marcus, let's hear your strategy and ideas. Thanks, Gigi. Yep. All eyes on the Fed. Obviously, big night tonight. Goldman's are telling us that it will be 75 basis points. And the focus has moved from the rate rise to the dot plot, which will tell us where interest rates peak and when, at least where they think it will. And also, there's interest in the Fed's new economic projections. My thoughts are there is absolutely no incentive for the Fed to go soft. They have, ever since Jackson Hole, they've had a very aggressive CPI number. There is little chance, I think, that they will go soft at all. In fact, there's a very good chance that they'll put the boot in. Central banks have little impact unless they surprise, so they probably like the idea that everyone's expecting 75 basis points and therefore have a bit of mileage in raising them 100 basis points. But really, this is not the time to go soft and in fact it's an opportunity for them just to turn the screws a little bit more so I would expect them to do that either way there's just no point betting on a good night tonight why would they squander all the pain they've inflicted over the last couple of weeks since Jackson Hole by suddenly changing their tone so can't see that it's going to be a good night there's no joy elsewhere in the rest of the world either bond markets are all running scared of the Fed and their own central bank meetings bond rising everywhere. You saw what the Swedish did overnight. If the Fed went soft tonight, it would be opportunity missed and that would attract universal criticism. So I can't see any reason for us to do what we've done, which is cash up. We're sitting in cash in the strategy portfolio, no holdings at all. And that seems appropriate. Other things to note are Goldman's with their forecasts, or not forecasts, possible scenarios, one, a moderate interest rate scenario with a target on the S&P 500 14% below where we are and an aggressive scenario on interest rates which they say would leave the S&P 500 23% below where it currently is. I've put a nice chart in the strategy piece today showing you where those levels are. Basically the moderate scenario takes us to where we were pre-pandemic and the aggressive target takes us to halfway down the pandemic collapse. Either way it's all pretty ugly from here. 
here. Cash is king. Tomorrow's another day. We'll wake up and make decisions tomorrow or no decisions. We'll see. But that's about the best you can do. And it's all you should try and do. Your job's not to predict or guess outcomes like this Fed decision. Your job is to react in a timely manner. So let's wake up and see what happens. As I say, public holiday tomorrow, but we will write overnight summary for you. The ASX will be closed. Other little things of interest I might just point out. You might have seen the Australian Bureau of Statistics is going to start announcing CPI numbers much earlier. And the next one is now going to be on September the 29th, which of course comes before the RBA meeting on October the 4th. And this September 29th number will cover both July and August. They always have emasculated CPI numbers by announcing them so late, by which time, of course, they're historic. So they are doing what the Chinese do. The Chinese seem to be able to put them out a few days after the end of a quarter, and they are bringing in their lead time to make them more relevant. There was also some chat from the new treasurer, Jim Chalmers, yesterday talking about the federal budget in October. He says there'll be a $50 billion improvement thanks to booming commodity prices, although it is probably temporary, he says. Otherwise, we're watching Michel Bullock speak today. And lastly, the RBA had minutes yesterday. You can read about those in the strategy bit today, but they were a bit dovish. They were saying that whilst interest rates have increased quickly, they are getting closer to normal settings and all else being equal, the case for a slower pace of increase in interest rates is becoming stronger. The RBA going a bit dovish. Anyway, we will see. We will see what they think and what we think after the Fed tonight. Right, in the ideas section, we have two bets at the moment, which did rather well overnight. A bet on the S&P 500 dropping and a bet on the NASDAQ dropping. That's through two ETFs. One is BBUS, BBUS. The other is SNAS. Terrible acronym, that one. SNAS, which is the NASDAQ ultra geared to the downside ETF. Both those have built a bit of a cushion, but it's all irrelevant. Anything could happen on the Fed tonight. I did think about putting a bet on PMV, Premier Investments, ahead of its results. Not sure whether they're today. I haven't seen them today or on Friday. They were supposed to be tomorrow, but it was declared a public holiday. But they are expected to be good if they follow in the steps of Meyer's recent results. They also pay a big dividend. I don't think we'll buy them ahead of this Fed meeting or the results, but maybe afterwards there'll be a bit of a dividend play and income stock. Was also interested to see Platinum Asset Management, where Regal Funds Management, whose chairman was the chairman of Platinum Asset Management from when it listed in 2007 until 2020. Anyway, the chairman then went to Regal Partners, which listed recently, and Regal Partners have suddenly turned up with a 5.5% stake in Kerr Nielsen's Platinum Asset Management. Kerr Nielsen's still got 21.5%, but he is, apart from that holding, stepping away at the AGM in November, cutting all ties with the business. So Regal Partners could well be interested in Platinum. Platinum have just announced a share buyback, and the chart, you'll see a pretty chart today in the ideas section. PTM has bottomed and started to rally after a long downtrend. It does generally need a rising market to do well. It is a stock market stock, but got my eye on that one. Could be interesting to see if Regal Partners actually buy any more shares or whether they're just buying it as an investment across their funds. We will see. I also put in today some stocks with RSI buy signals. I don't think any of you are going to do anything about those today. But interestingly, Woolworths was on the list. And that's about it. Thank you very much for that, Marcus. And Leighton, back to you for the dividend portfolio update.
Thanks, Cheech. I'll just be quick with it because I'm still writing it up. There was no changes this week, but as Marcus said, we are going to take a look at PMV after the results. We might add that to the portfolio if everything checks out. The main concerns at the moment are interest rates and dividends, just that whole story continuing on. Performance, we outperformed the market last week by around half a percent for the week. There were no outstanding performers though. There's no dividends coming up. All of our holdings have gone ex-dividend now and on the calendar, we've got an AGM for Suncorp Group on Friday. ASX Limited has an AGM next Wednesday. And having a look at the dividend portfolio x-ray this morning, there was one big move from Tabcorp, which jumped up considerably in its quality ranking. A few other smaller movements there this morning, but we're still mainly in that area that we want to be in that top right-hand section, and that will be up in the newsletter soon, so make sure you check that one out. Thank you very much for that, Leighton. And let's move over to the question of the day. What are your pet peeves? I'm going to limit this to three per person mostly for myself because I have quite a few I will start us off one of my pet peeves is adding salt to food without tasting it that's one of mine another one is using brought when you should using the word bought and I'll stop Vic I do have a list later let's head over to you for yours well I've definitely got three and they're all food related so (laughs) do with that what you will loud eating is probably my number one just oh I think it's actually a medical condition I think it's got a name but Hang on, Lane, how can you say that when you go and make toast at 11 o'clock every day and come up here and eat it loudly? I can't hear myself, so maybe just other people. Uh, Another one, when I'm cooking and people come in and start picking at it before it's ready, that just makes me want to hit the hand with the knife or something. And in a share house, labelling food. I don't don't know why it just annoys me so much when someone (laughs) labels things in the fridge. Oh, it just... You don't like being organised? No? Okay. (laughs) There's an obvious answer to that, Leighton. Move out. (laughs) And Marcus, what are your pet peeves? Right, well, I'm not limiting myself to three, let me tell you right (laughs) there. My main pet peeve is people who get an inheritance, bastards. Uh, Other ones include Kardashians. I mean, just so stupid, for God's sake. I also can't stand the social media tongue-out, picture-in-the-mirror bullshit. Then there's that croaky voice. I can't even do it. The croaky voice young people put on where they're, like, talking like they're some sort of spy. It's just rubbish. Who's doing that? All of all young people are doing it. Uh, the other one, of course, is saying like. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to keep saying like every three bloody words? For God's sake. It's a placeholder. It's rubbish. Noisy eating, I'm with you there, Leighton. Uh, and this one's for all of you. Unannounced days off. Oh, I'm sick this morning. Yeah, right. You were fine yesterday. Stick that one where it doesn't shine. It was shine. one of those 24-hour things that oh, came on. Oh, rubbish. Henry and I are old school. We haven't had a day off in 30 years. So. You've got different microbes to us then. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> Vaping. Are you really mad? I mean, for God's sake. And trying to look cool when you're vaping? Sorry, that's not cool. Whistling whilst you're doing manual labour. Shut up. Wow, I've opened Pandora's box. (laughs) Standing up at concerts when people... And are you going to stand up and clap in time till the end of this song? You know, if it's Bohemian Rhapsody, you've got seven minutes. (laughs) You're going to look like an idiot stopping clapping and sitting down. That could I can be somebody's workout for the saying, day. <laughs> saying bless you. I heard about this one. And have you noticed? I stopped saying bless you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, re- I reckon some people are still saying it to me because just to piss me off. The in me is like collaring every time someone sneezes and I don't say bless you. And so there's a silent bless you guys. An know. inability to do the bleeding obvious. Your toilet roll, put that, when you finish one, <laughs> put it in the bin and put another one up there, for right. God's sake. There are people who put their empty toilet roll on top of the toilet roll holder as if to say, I don't know what to do with this. It's, this, this is sophis- too sophisticated for some people, isn't I it? I completely agree with that one. Right. Absolutely. Towels, dropping them on the floor, they dry themselves, do they? <laughs> And then you go and get another one out of the cupboard, for God's sake. I feel like this is mostly a list for your children. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my pet pet peeves. People who say, beautiful. It's not beautiful, it's beautiful. (laughs) I feel like you're going to define Australia with that one, Marcus. And that's before we get to no socks. Oh, yeah. And people who play slow at golf. Do you want me to go on? I think that'll go. Okay, I'm going to look at I do feel, I have to say, I do feel better. I can tell. I can tell you're glowing. You're glowing. Cameron, did you have any pet peeves you wanted I'm to add to Marcus? I'm not backing that up. <laughs> I've gone through all of mine. Oh, okay, fantastic. And Will, any pet peeves that you want to add to Marcus's list? Uh, people that don't clean up after their own dogs. Oh, yes, of course. Mm. Please pick up the dog poo after they have defecated. Well, that brings us to a close, members. Have a lovely long weekend. Marcus will be back tomorrow with the overnight, and we will be back next week. 